Hi, it's Jess Fisher. You're listening to episode 13 of Iowa Chapman and the Last Dog, the educator's version, where we explore some of the science featured in the story. Keep listening to the end of this episode to hear me and Nate Dufort talk about waterfalls with Dr. Joel Scheingross, assistant professor at the University of Nevada, Reno. Chapter 13, Sacrifice. Where is he? What did Delaware do with you, doggo? Did he even go down the tunnel? Or was it all a lie? Doggo, can you hear me? Back down into the tunnels. Unlike the tunnel under my house, this one had an exit just a few minutes' walk from Dell's hut. It was all fake. It was an act. He was never taking Doggo to Haven. Where did you go? I climbed out the other end of the tunnel and heard the distant sound of laughter. What is that? I followed the voices away from the dam, around the side of a hill. When I got close enough, I hid behind a boulder. It's... a whole village. The huts were made of mud and had strange markings on them. Crude drawings of fierce-looking animals. And in the center of the huts was a circle of about 50 people, their bodies painted with bright colors as they chanted. Look at what I have brought you! Doggo! Del pulled Doggo on a rope attached to the harness I helped Del put on him. The circle opened for them and Del yanked him into the middle. Del was dressed in what looked like the skin of a deer, and he raised his arms to the sky. And the next to enter Haven, who shall it be? I'm gonna get you out of this. I made you a promise. Uh-oh. Silence! The animal senses something. What is it, doggo? No, 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 no. <laughs> Come out from behind the rock, Iowa. Or stay where you are and watch the conclusion of the sacrifice. Okay, okay! Don't hurt him! I'm coming out! There you are! Join us! Friends, meet Iowa, an agent of the animals. Come on into the circle, Iowa. Easy, doggo. It's going to be alright. I tried to send you back home. I really did. Not sure why you're still here. I'm not leaving without Doggo. I saw what you did to those other animals. You found my cargo. I'm glad, in a way. (laughs) Makes everything easier. Doggo belongs in Haven. Ugh. Haven. I guess you wouldn't understand that. I understand very well. I was an agent. I believed in the prophecy just like you. I dedicated my life to it. 
child and a dog, Iowa. A child and a dog. And do you know what? I found one. You found another dog? I brought it all the way from Junktown. I didn't need anyone else. They had all failed, but I knew my destiny. I found the dam all on my own, and I went forward to fulfill the last verse. Haven. A place at world's end. Did you find it? <laughs> I'll tell you what I found. Nothing. I wandered through the desert for weeks. I ran out of food, then water. The dog didn't make it. I almost died too. Until these fine folks found me. They brought me here, revived me. I was unconscious for months, and when I woke up, I had a vision. What kind of vision? I finally understood the song. I had been saved in order to create Haven right here. I saw the animals you rescued, Del. None of them are saved. They're dead. Only to you, Iowa. That's because you don't believe. I talk to them every day. They tell me all kinds of things, including how grateful they are. You're sick. You know what's sick? Basing your whole life on a silly old kid song. On bedtime stories and some ridiculous belief that the world can be... <gasps> fixed. Unruined. <laughs> Do what I did, Iowa. Embrace the ruin. Listen to the voices of the animals because it's time for Doggo's voice to join their chorus. No. No, I won't let you hurt him. I'm helping him. And you too. Once Doggo is saved, you can be with him forever. Just like I'm with all of my animal friends. No. <laughs> to the top of the dam. The ceremony begins. Bring the agent and the dog. No! Doggo! Get off! Pretty impressive, no? It's a long way down. From the top of the dam, I could see over both sides. On one side, the lake, where Gideon hid in the boat like I told him to. On the other, the sun was setting over the desert, a thousand feet below. Steady against the wind. Keep the dog moving. Stop pushing! Each time the wind blew, it felt like the ancient dam swayed under my feet. Like the water was tilting it side to side. Move it. It's okay, Doggo. Everything's going to be okay. Stop here! In the middle. Light the torches. Del's followers formed another circle around us. The moment is upon us! You're making a mistake, Del. Not this time. This time, the dog lives on. Look at me, Doggo. Just look at me. You and me the way it's always been. 
Dare reached into his belt and drew a large knife. In haven to be reborn. Animal, I do hereby anoint thee with this knife to never grow old, never die. Doggo! Hold her! Okay, okay, I'll stop fighting! In haven to be reborn. Please, Gideon, please tell me you did what I asked. Give me that! Hey, she's got my torch! Everybody stay back! What do you think you're doing with that? You were wrong about the song, Del. All must fail, fail, fail. It wasn't about the agents. It was about this. About the dam. What are you talking about? To get across the desert. The dam has to fail, fail, fail! I tossed the lit torch down the hole into the dam and waited. Come on, Gideon. Come on. <laughs> what was that, Iowa? What, do you think you're going to burn down the dam? <laughs> what? What's going on? What did you do? Well, it's possible that I had a sack full of something very explosive that I took from some nasty cannibals. Down in the dam, Mama Bee's explosives caught fire and, well, did what explosives do. The entire dam shuddered. And this time it wasn't just the wind. The dam! It's... It's cracking! Okay, Iowa, I'm waiting on the boat like you told me to. I patched up the hole, and now the dam is starting to break. But now what? Iowa, where are you? Where are you going? Come back, cowards. I still have the dog. We must make the sacrifice. Let him go while you still can. The dam is breaking. What did you do, Iowa? What did you do? Let. Him. Go! I still have the knife! My arm! Easy there, dog. We're pals, right? Remember the beans? Doggo onto the boat. The small cracks in the dam spread out like webs. Then large sections began to tumble away. Water poured through. The dam fell apart. And our boat went over the edge. Taking the 
animals to hate Had a girl, Iowa. It's just you and me now. Hey, I'm gonna take good care of you. I promise. Beetle bundle bundle bundle. Mom, it's you. It's you. Father and I miss you so much. I miss you too. We're so proud of you. Where are we going? You heard the song. The all the world's end. Are you coming with me? We'll always be with you, Iowa. But it's time for you to wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. The world's end. Iowa, you're awake. Where am I? On the sailboat. You're on the cargo hold. Cargo? Where's Doggo? He's up on deck. He wanted to stay with you, but I told him you needed to sleep. How long? Couple days. Maybe more. Days? We were so worried that you would never wake up. When the dam collapsed, it made a river through the desert, and we just went. Across the land. Anyway, that took us to a bigger river, and that river took us to where we are now. Wherever that is. Am I talking too much? Sorry. I'm just so glad you're okay. Gideon? What's that sound? (laughs) Yes, yes. I'm happy to see you too, but... Oh... We did good, right? We're heading to Haven. Iowa? What's wrong? Look. The river ends, and so does the land. The world's end. The roar of the water got louder, and I could see that not far ahead, the river fell. The land disappeared, and below it, nothing. Is that a waterfall? A giant waterfall. What's down at the bottom? Soar, soar, soar at the world's end to fly. What? Iowa? Two by two will enter Haven. What are we going to do? We're going to fall. Gideon, see that rock on the shore right before the falls? There's a branch sticking out. Okay. We're all going to swim for it and grab on. But are you sure we'll make it? Because if we don't... We have to. There's nothing else. Okay. If you say so. You're going to be all right, Gideon. We've been through worse. You're going to survive. We jump together, right? You first, so I can steer the boat to the side. Doggo and I will be right behind. Okay, then. See you on shore. See you on the shore. One, two, three! Gideon jumped. Great job, Gideon! Pull yourself up on shore! But I turned the boat away from the shore, right into the middle of the river, heading straight for the falls. I'm sorry! I have to do this! What? Iowa! No! We'll meet again! Thanks for being such a good friend! Well, Doggo, just you and me now. Child and dog at world's end. I taught you to swim. Think I can teach us both to fly? 
As we got to the edge, I looked down. For just a second, through the mist, I saw land. A white sand beach and a lush jungle. We hung in the air for a moment, and I imagined I could see all the animals, together, free. And then we were soaring. Welcome to Iowa Chapman and the Last Dog, the educator's version, where we dig into the actual science behind the episodes of Iowa Chapman and the Last Dog. I'm Nate Dufort, who some of you may know from the shows Unspookable and Reach, a space podcast for kids. And with me, as always, from Gen Z Media and Six Minutes Rewind is Jess Fisher. Hey, Jess. We're nearing the end of our journey, Nate. It's so close. It's going to be so hard to say goodbye. It's going to be emotional. (laughs) (laughs) So what happened on today's episode? Okay. In episode 13, Sacrifice, Iowa and Gideon rescue Doggo by blowing up the Hoover Dam. (laughs) The ensuing flood sends them sailing towards Haven and maybe the end of the world and a giant waterfall. That waterfall, a literal cliffhanger as we're looking down (laughs) over the edge. I have so many questions about waterfalls and have seen so many of the world's great ones myself. I wanted to find out how they're formed. So I had a conversation with Dr. Joel Scheingross, assistant professor at the University of Nevada, Reno. Dr. Scheingross, thank you so much for being here today. Waterfalls are a pretty big part of our story. Can we start today with you telling us what is a waterfall? You know, that's a great question. And it's actually a lot harder to define than one would think, or rather some scientists quibble and argue over exactly what a waterfall is. But to me, uh, what a waterfall is, is a place where you have a river and the river is running over some type of step in its bed that's high enough that when water flows over it, the water actually detaches from the bed and can form a little pocket of air behind it. So if any of your listeners are from Pacific Northwest, there's a lot of examples of waterfalls that are overhung and you can actually hike around. This is true of Niagara Falls too. You can hike around to the back and see a pocket of air or actually stand in it. So getting a tall enough step where as the water speeds up over it and flows over it, that that water can detach is a pretty good definition of what a waterfall is to me. But, you know, I think people are free to use their judgment and what you think a waterfall is in any place where you have a river going over relatively a steep drop. You know, different people might call that a waterfall. And if that gets people excited to hike out in nature and see these places, that's great. Well, I'm going to take your definition for it for the day. And I will say I'm already already learning stuff here. So waterfalls have commonly been thought to originate via external influences on existing rivers or streams. What were the most common causes for their creation as we understand it? Yeah, there's several, but I think the the most common ones that people tend to evoke for forming waterfalls are maybe three or four. So one is big changes in climate. So for example, glaciers are often cited with creating waterfalls because glaciers actually, when you form a big sheet of ice like a glacier and it moves, it can carve out really large valleys. So a great example of that is Yosemite Valley, which is this really deep 
glacially carved valley. But if any of your listeners have been to Yosemite, you don't see glaciers there anymore. That's because these glaciers formed in previous ice ages and they've retreated. And as they've retreated, they've left behind this big valley that's no longer filled in with ice. And what that means is that any river that's flowing into that valley then can go over a really steep headwall and essentially form a waterfall. And that's what happens at places in Yosemite like Bridal Well Falls or Yosemite Falls. And at even larger scales, if we think back to kind of continental scale ice sheets. So in the last ice age, like all of Canada and the northern U.S. was covered in a giant ice sheet, giant glacier like what's on Greenland today or Antarctica. Those can also make escarpments or little cliffs that we can form waterfalls on too. So Niagara Falls is often associated with retreat of these big ice sheets, big glaciers in the last ice age. So these types of climate changes, the formation and melting of glaciers is one way we can make waterfalls. Another very common way we can make waterfalls is when you have two different rock types that a river is cutting through that are next to each other. So if you could imagine, let's say that I mean, I, I guess we should start with the fact that not all rocks are the same strength. And maybe people have experienced this before. You go out hiking and some rock is actually really weak and you can scratch at it with your thumb and pick off pieces. And some rock is really hard. And when you have a river that's, you know, you think about a river canyon going downstream. If you have that weaker rock just downstream of the harder rock, the weaker rock can erode more easily than the hard rock. And that can make a step in the river profile. And over geologic time, that difference in erosion rate will cause that step to grow bigger and bigger. And doing that, you can wind up making a fairly large waterfall. And then the third way, which will be the last one I talk about that's commonly evoked to form waterfalls, is some type of shift or change in tectonic forces. And if you don't know what I mean by tectonic forces, most of us are familiar with the idea that the Earth's crust is made up of these plates that move around. And as these plates move around and push against each other, they can make earthquakes, they can build mountains, do all of these things. You know, a great example of this is in California, we have the San Andreas Fault, which is the boundary between two of these large tectonic plates. And any type of shifting of these plates changes the amount of stress we have um, in the Earth's crust. And that can cause us to have essentially build mountains or make terrain rise. So when we have changes in these plate motions and we can have more activity on a fault, induce kind of more geologists would say uplift or really just this plate motion is causing the terrain to rise. That's not always even across an area. And sometimes you get more uplift on one side of a fault than another. And that can lead to, again, kind of a step or a cliff that if a river intersects that, you can have waterfalls forming on that. And sometimes this can happen really fast. So in an earthquake, we get movement along a fault and we can actually make little steps. So there's cases in the Chi-Chi earthquake in Taiwan is actually an example where we see maybe three or four feet of uplift along this fault. And where it went across the river, we see little waterfalls being made in a matter of minutes during that earthquake. 
And over geologic time, as you accumulate that uplift, you can make even bigger waterfalls. So recently, and this is really exciting for me, you and your team reported evidence that suggests that some waterfalls can form in the absence of outside influence. What does this mean? And what are the historical and geological implications of such a discovery? Yeah, so kind of the mechanism, kind of if we added another mechanism to this list I was just going through, it would be that we don't need necessarily a change of climate. We don't need a change in tectonics. We don't need different rock types to form a waterfall. Instead, there's this whole other class of waterfalls that essentially form on their own. They naturally occur without being pushed around. and the best way I can explain it is by way of an analogy. If anyone has gone hiking on a sand dune and seen on the backs of the sand dune, you get all these little ripples forming. Or if people hang out on rivers, sometimes when you have a river in a valley with sand moving through it and you look at the river and there's little ripples or sand dunes forming in the river. These are things that form naturally. They're these features, these ripples and dunes. And they just formed from interactions of the water flow, moving sediment around on the riverbed. And the work my group has been doing has been showing that we think waterfalls can form in the same way, that there's these feedbacks between the flow of water in a river, the way the river moves sediment, and the way that sediment can actually erode the bedrock. And over time, those feedbacks can result in starting to form waterfalls. And I would say that in the places I've been to in the field, when we actually look for these types of waterfalls in nature, we see a lot of them. And they don't tend to be the giant waterfalls. They're not the Niagara Falls or the Iguazu Falls or Yosemite Falls. But a lot of the smaller waterfalls you see in your backyard could form like this. And one really characteristic trademark of it is that you wouldn't see just a single waterfall by itself but you would see a whole set of little steps together. You know, think waterfalls that are five, six feet tall and you see three or four of them in a row. That type of formation, we think it's often caused by this mechanism. So the question then is, what does that actually mean for geologists like me who try to understand the history of the earth? And this means two things, but the, the main thing that this means is that Often geologists will use waterfalls when we see them in river networks to learn about the past history of the earth because we're like, oh, this waterfall might be associated with a change in climate in the past or a change in tectonics in the past. And if we understand something about how waterfalls form, how they erode over time, we can actually use the positions of waterfalls where we see them in nature and try and actually calculate how many years in the geologic past was there that change in climate? Was there that change in tectonics? But if we want to do this and use the topography of Earth to understand this past history, we need to be sure of the formation mechanism. We need to know when we're looking at this waterfall that it actually formed by a change in climate or a change in tectonics. And what our work is saying is that well, there's this whole other class of waterfalls that don't form by that mechanism. And we're providing tools so researchers can go and look at different waterfalls and say, aha, 
This one looks really like one that formed from climate change. So this is the one we're going to use to try to understand the past history of climate. And these ones don't look like they formed by climate change. They look like they may be formed on their own. So let's not try to use this to understand climate history because it would just lead us to the wrong answer. I just want to say, Joel, thank you so much for your time and for joining us here today and lending your expertise. Awesome. Thanks. I love that at the top of your conversation, we learned that there's like drama in the waterfall definition community. There's drama anywhere. <laughs> but when you are talking to scientists in any field, there's always going to be a big debate. And it's one of my favorite parts about talking to people week to week. I also loved learning about the different types of waterfalls being formed, like that they discovered a type of waterfall and that that can help us learn about climate history and the future of our climate. That's bonker pants. It's such important work. And just seeing how a single field of science can help us look at our history, at the formation of our planet potentially, and then how we can help fight the effects of climate change. Yeah, it's truly amazing. Truly. Well, that is it for this episode. Big thanks again to Dr. Joel Scheingross. For more information about waterfalls, check out the links in our show notes. Find your next adventure at gzmshows.com. It's starting. GZM Shows. Imagination Amplified. <laughs>